When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Lucy Arnaz. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcome you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that marks its 600th program on the air this week. And whether you've been a regular listener or are joining us for the very first time, we thank you as always for listening and making us part of your day. Our second hour will include a return appearance by Louise Sorrell. Louise Sorrell, the actress known around the world as Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives. If all goes well, Louise may be returning to Days of Our Lives in 2023 as part of a special storyline. We will ask her about that and a whole lot more when Louise Sorrell joins us in our second hour. We hope to stay tuned for that coming up later on. In this hour, we will play part two of a conversation that began last week with Norma Maldonado. Norma Maldonado, the actress known for playing the telenovela director on Jane the Virgin. Norma's new holiday movie, Sweet Navidad, is now available for viewing on demand on Peacock. If you are an aspiring actor or an aspiring actress, Norma will give us a brief primer on the auditioning process in television. She'll also share some memories of working with Jonathan Banks on Breaking Bad. Norma Maldonado will join us later on in this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that as well. We'll also play more audio highlights of the Walton's cast reunion that took place just before Thanksgiving Day at the Hollywood Museum, including cast memories of Will Gear. Plus, we'll bring you our exclusive interview with actress Ellen Gear, the daughter of Will Gear. That is coming up later on in the program as well, and we hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us for another look at DVD and streaming titles that we think you will find of interest. Greg Airbar, author of the forthcoming Hanna-Barbera, The Illustrated History. Is that the name of it? It's Hanna-Barbera, The Recorded History. Han- Han- Hanna-Barbera, The Recorded History, which is even better than illustrated because it's recorded. That means it's it's official. It's on the record. Uh, coming soon. <laughs> it tells the whole story it, from, from the original Tom and Jerry to the most recent Tom and Jerry. It's the longest, the most comprehensive history. It is recorded. It is a recorded history of oh, Hanna, Hanna-Barbera coming very soon, likely in 2024, but uh, you could pre-order it. Or when, when, when it becomes available for pre-ordering, Greg will let us know. Uh, what do you have for us this week? Well, we want to give tribute to um, somebody who feels like a friend to millions and millions of people. And um, it sounds so show busy, but um, I like to think of him as a friend of mine, too, and that is Bob McGrath. Um, it, Bob is somebody uh, every year at, at the Macy's Parade until the last few years where I would assume his health wasn't in the best because 
you know, he lived, uh, uh, as my mom would say, a full life and was married since 1958 and was, he was Bob. He was good old Bob, had a, had a nice guy. Uh, he was who you saw on, on Sesame Street. He was waving on the parade float with all, with Luis and Maria and Alan and all the people who, and I'm sorry, I'm unapologetically telling you that I still to this day check out what's going on on Sesame Street and seeing how everybody is because it's part of your life. I started watching it from the beginning when my sister was about four years old. I didn't care if I was too old. It, it's a show that was as good enough to be on in prime time. It had great writing. It had great variety. It not only taught, but it also taught all of us what we all had in common. It was a breakthrough because everyone on Sesame Street was diverse before it was a thing. And it was treated on Sesame Street just because. And just because is a very emotionally charged phrase on Sesame Street, if you know the show I'm talking about. Um, and Bob was part of that as well. And Bob was part of some of the most happiest and some of the most emotionally charged moments on Sesame Street. He could sing happy songs that lifted your spirits. He could sing sad songs that touched. Bob was a really good person. He lived in Tianek, New Jersey, in a suburb. He was a singer from way back, and he, he actually uh, met David Connell in college, who was one of the uh, producers on Sesame Street. But he goes back further than that. He was he sang with Mitch Miller. And see, that's what I thought was cool. Was because I I love rec vintage records for kids. I've mentioned this before. And if anyone remembers Little Golden Records, Mitch Miller was the musical director for them. Now Bob didn't sing on those, but he did sing on an album called Songs of the Pogo, which Walt Kelly also performed on. The great the comic strip was set to music. And Mitch Miller was the musical director, and Jimmy Carroll who was the arranger and conductor for all of the Mitch Miller stuff on TV as well, uh, did that album. Bob sings on that album. Bob did not sing on the sing-along albums, but he sang on the television show. So if you go to YouTube and you look for sing-along with Mitch, which seems like a surreal, odd thing now, but in its day was a powerhouse in the ratings. It's this show where sometimes there's these guys just standing perfectly straight, wearing sweaters, singing at the top of their lungs. But it was inter interactive television, which they love to say. And it was, it was, it was family-oriented in the era and in the spirit of the Lawrence Welk show. Yeah, yeah. And the King family and that kind of programming were... It, it, go, it, it harkens back to when everyone had a, a piano and pianos were not that expensive and sheet music preceded records and radio even. You bought sheet music... You had it inside the stool, you put it up on the piano, and, and that's how people spent their evenings, was singing and playing the piano. And that's where Sing Along with Mitch came from, is people would gather on, I think it was uh, Friday nights, because the Flintstones was actually on against it, and the Flintstones did an episode called Flintstone Canaries, and they spoofed it, would hum <laughs> along with her. <laughs> so, so it was a popular show, and those albums he did, the Sing Along series, they made up quite a few and they came with sheets of sing-along and you could tear them out of the album pass them around and that was 
<laughs> I, some people would say that was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, at one time it was, and and people and those albums were really really popular. Bob was on the show, and you can see him as as Oscar the Grouch called him, Blue Eyes, you know, beaming there, singing happily. Um, and then they would do vignettes with like Lawrence Welk, where they were in costume singing, you know, various things. So check that out on YouTube. Uh, you can marvel at how it seems surreal or from Mars or whatever if you want to. Or you can also just say it's just a different era and it's what television was, just like watching a movie from the 30s or whatever is a different era. Um, Bob also became a like a teen superstar in Japan because he sang in Japanese he sang Irish songs that were popular in Japan. So he was a recording star in Japan long before Sesame Street. So he had a long career as a very popular young tenor. When Sesame Street came on, he was one of the original cast members, and his role was the music teacher. So that was a great way to segue into songs. And a lot of times he introduced songs that were very popular on, on the show. So at, at his most iconic ones, like People in Your Neighborhood, would be one where he would work with what they call the Anything Muppets. Those were Muppets that were just these pieces of foam, and he put the... This, this was so great, because it, before the CG and everything happened to be so literal, these were Muppets with no faces and no, no, no features. Bob McGrath and, put, and the Anything Muppets. Yes, he put the he put the the hats on and say, okay, this is a fireman, this is this is a doctor, and all of these things. And he'd sing about what they were. Yeah. The other thing that he and Susan were known for was uh, one of these things is not like the other, mm-hmm. and there were two different uh, vocal versions yeah. of that. Um, he sang the song "Sing," which became a huge, huge mainstream hit. The Carpenters sang, but that he sang it. I think Susan sang it. Bob gave us a lot of music that we don't even realize Bob gave us. Um, a lot of other things that, and so he was on that show. We saw him every day. He was part of millions and millions of lives, waving at all of us from the par- from the parade. And he also recorded a lot of albums. Now, Sesame Street had a Grammy-winning, million-selling album in 1970 when the show was on for a year. That was followed by another album and then a whole series on the Children's Records of America label, which segued into Sesame Street Records. He did a solo album, and I believe that's where uh, Good Morning Starshine was recorded. Good Morning Starshine, which charted. Yeah, yeah. So, And they did release some stuff on on singles. And um, another song that he sang... uh, he didn't solo, but he can be heard very prominently on is the great song, I Keep Christmas With You, yeah. all through the year. True Blue Miracle. Oh, beautiful song from the, the Emmy-winning special that I just love. I'm going to watch this because I've got to. Uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, where um, Big Bird can't figure out how Santa can fit down those chimneys. Oh, what a, it, the shows are so simple. And they're, so, they're so just warm and nice. And... And it's got diversity, but it's not running around with sledgehammers going diversity, diversity, diversity. It just is. And that's what's so great about it. That, that's what, that's the, to quote Bye Bye Birdie, that's the way it should be. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's, and you know, I'll tell you something else that a lot of people don't realize. Um, there was a very, very big event when Luisa Maria got married on Sesame Street. 
Uh, it was a very big event when, when we lost Mr. Hooper mm -hmm. and how they, they taught children in a beautiful, gentle way about losing a loved one. I'm getting choked up because these people seem so real. And Bob is real. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get choked up. But I'm serious. Well, this is a part of your. This is a part of our childhood. And I also knew Bob. You know, I, I knew him. I had lunch with him. I met him several times. We communicated, and he's in. He's in Tim Hollis's my book, Mouse Tracks. Yeah, because he's part of Disney history, and not a lot of people realize his impact on Disney. He recorded an album called. Bob McGrath sings for all the boys and girls, um, and that was in, uh, I think, 73. He also was a fixture for many years at Epcot at Walt Disney World in Orlando. He, he appeared on the America Garden stage, was at, which is at the, the farthest point in, uh, in the World Showcase area, across from the American Adventure attraction. And every year they would have different celebrity performers and they would play for a week. And what was neat about Bob was that he would sing his, his Sesame Street hits and he'd sing, you know, sing and easy listening songs. But he would also get a phone call and you'd hear the voice of Big Bird and he would sing the Rainbow Connection. And this is years before Disney and the Muppets were connected. You know, this, this, was, this was so prescient. This was Bob brought that to Disney before anybody else did. So that was an extraordinary thing. And then when the two of us got together, we talked about the Mitch Miller days. We talked about people like Mike Stewart, who was a musical uh, vocal contractor, who, if you know Golden Records, he was the bass singer. And he said, oh yeah, he used to put together all of the, uh, the singers. I knew him well. I mean, he knew all of these great singers and people that his history was so rich and just such a kind person. Just nice, you know, and professional. But here's what I was getting to when, when I was speaking about the marriage. Linda Bove was a, uh, a character who was hearing impaired, and, and she did, you know, the sign language thing. And it was, that was an innovation, too, because she was perhaps, I don't know if it's the first time, but she was a regular character on Sesame Street who was, you know, hearing impaired. And she and Bob became friends, and they would date and stuff, and there was talk of them getting married. And Bob said, I would rather they didn't, because children should also see that adults don't necessarily have to be married. They can also be single as adults, and that's okay, too. And that's, that was like his choice. Yeah. It, and that's kind of an important message, that there's nothing wrong with an adult that's single as an adult you know, or married as an adult, a male or a female. So it stayed that way. So people always wonder why didn't they get married? It's because Bob said, we want children to understand there's all kinds of people and that everybody should be accepted. But that was done in this gentle, subtle way. He didn't turn to the camera and say, we're not married because we should accept everyone and we should be, you know, and point his finger at all of us. I'm not, I'm not making any illusions, but... <laughs> Anyway, and, and and no press releases went out, yeah. and no headlines were saying, you know, Sesame Street announces that this is going to be the message. Right. It just was, and when things just are, and you and you see people that you love, 
and that you like and that you connect with, it's communication and it's example. And that's how we grow to love and understand. That's what Sesame Street did. And that's what Bob did. He made a difference. He made a ton of CDs on his own labels. Uh, Sing Me a Story is one of them. He did an album, uh, Bob McGrath from Sesame Street on Affinity Records. From the very beginning, he was recording independently of Sesame Street. He was with them. He's on an album called Aren't You Glad You're You, which I think you can download. He sang that song, which is an old song with uh, Big Bird. There are dozens of albums that he sings on. He has an exhaustive catalog of recorded work. And, you know, we're talking about somebody who did a ton of recordings for children. He also did a couple of albums for grown-ups. Mitch Miller actually did an album called Mitch Miller Presents Bob McGrath on Columbia Records, where he sings regular pop songs that was made in the early 60s. So his accomplishments, when they say, you know, neighbor on Sesame Street, that is a vast accomplishment. And I think I've covered that pretty well, but also his accomplishments as a human being and as an artist on his own are vast. And um, I I can't say enough about a wonderful human being and uh, a person who we really should cherish and we can continue to cherish. You can read about Bob McGrath's contribution to Walt Disney Records in Mousetracks, the excellent history of Walt Disney Records that Greg Arabar co-authored with Tim Hollis. Mousetracks available wherever books are sold. And, of course, Bob McGrath lives on forever on Sesame Street and the various incarnations that are available for home video. And, uh, Greg, I was... I, I knew that um, you and Bob had crossed paths uh, in, in the course of your professional career. I, I was not aware that what a personal connection he made with you, so I am, I, I am sorry for your loss. Well, I mean, it's not like we picked out drapes or anything, you know, <laughs> as the genie says in Aladdin. Yes. But, uh, but, I, but I, you know, when you have that, I think the connection of music and I think the fact that when we sat down, we just didn't say, what's it like to be on Sesame Street? We talked about personnel of the people in the industry it was like a kindred spirit and and that we continued to communicate every once in a while that was our connection and that he was there and that i was always listening to these records and i'm not the only one who has this connection and when you have that kind of that kind of connection with people that's extraordinary that's that's an extraordinary and to also be a good person that's even more extraordinary so life well lived Bob McGrath passed away Sunday, December 4th at the age of 90. Greg Airbar will be back in our second hour with a special holiday gift idea. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick timeout, then we'll play part two of our conversation with Norma Maldonado. We come back on TV Confidential. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. 
can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.